0: People are smarter now. You know, there's the internet. People can do their own research and they can learn. And I never forget one big company said to me when I was an editor, was like, oh no, we're not going to put that on the packaging. We don't want to educate the consumer. And I was just like, what?
1: Hello and welcome to Beauty Island, the beauty podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. And some exciting news. This week we were announced as a finalist for Best New Podcaster at the Australian Podcast Awards. I am still pinching myself. I had to read the email about five times to check it wasn't a prank. The winner is announced in May, and regardless of the outcome, I am still pinching myself to be a finalist. So if you listen regularly, thank you so, so much for your support. And if this is your first episode, well, as I said welcome. I am your host, beauty journalist Brittany Stewart, and each episode I sit down with a guest to ask them about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them that they take to a desert island, aka beauty island, that I am sending them off to. Maybe it's the product that reminds them of their mum, the beauty product that defined their teens, or the perfume that instantly sparks a memory of a special place or person. Along the way, we find out more about their life, career, and the people and events that have shaped them into who they are today. Today, my guest is founder of Bondi-based luxury natural fragrance house, Recreation Beauty, and former Cosmo and Clio editor, she's done a lot, Nadal Stelio. We talk about her obsession with glitter, working as a beauty editor at Girlfriend Magazine, the surprising rules, or lack of, that exist when it comes to disclosing fragrance ingredients, how her struggle to get pregnant led her to natural beauty and the less than $20 drugstore mascara she loves. Plus, because it's so natural beauty focused and I wanted to keep it all together, this episode actually includes Nadal's five faves, where she talks about some of the makeup in her bag she's
0: loving at the minute. Enjoy.
1: Nadal, welcome to Beauty Island. I'm so excited to have you. Where did your love of beauty come from?
0: I think I'd always been interested in beauty and I was a magazine junkie so you know I can't remember how old I was when I started reading magazines but I was always drawn to the beauty pages and and the health pages and I would just read them back to front every issue of every single magazine that I could get my hands on yeah so I would probably say magazines and that's obviously why I ended up going into magazines because I love them so much. And can you tell me
1: about the first product on your list?
0: My first product is Clarins Beauty Flash Balm because it was such a cult product back then and as soon as I became a beauty editor and I got my hands on it, I just thought it was the best thing ever. It was just instant facial. I just loved it so much. So, yeah, that was I was probably about 22, 23. Yeah, and I, I just loved it. Is it one that you still use now or does it just kind of remind you of that time? It just reminds me of that time. I obviously use all natural products now, so <laughs> I don't Which use Which we any. will speak a lot more about. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's still, I have fond memories. And what did you want to be when you were growing up? What did you envision your adult future would look like? When I was really little, I wanted to be a ballerina, but then when I got older, I just wanted to be a journalist and I loved writing and, you know, that's where I pictured my future to lie
1: in. And how did you make that a reality? What was kind of, what did you study and what was your kind of first foot in the door in the industry?
0: So I did communications at uni and I just used to write for free for like as many people as I could while I was at uni and you know, did as much free work as humanly possible. And then when I got out of uni, I miraculously got a job. (laughs) (laughs) Too hard work. (laughs) It was very odd. Um, You know, and then I got, uh, and that was at a boring, it was like a a business kind of magazine, which boring, but, you know, I'm sure some people love that kind of stuff. And then I got a job at Girlfriend Magazine, which was just my, you know, I just loved working there. It was amazing. So that was my first magazine job.
1: And had you read Girlfriend as a
0: yes, I loved it. I loved it so much, so I was over the moon. And
1: so you were a beauty editor there, and then later features editor at Girlfriend. Yeah. And this is kind of in the the mid to late nineties. What was that period like working at such an iconic mag?
0: It was so fun. Like it. It was just really fun. We had such a fun office environment. Everyone who worked there was awesome. Some of whom are still my friends. You know, it was. We just got to do the coolest, funnest things, and that that really kind of helped shape my love of beauty as well because I was beauty editor on a teenage magazine so I could just have so much fun with makeup and you know experimenting with different colors and hairstyles and doing all that kind of thing. Are there any makeup looks or hairstyles? that were kind of popular at that time or that you even tried
1: yourself that you kind of look back on and are like
0: yes one of them is on my list tell me about, tell me about <laughs> <it>. glitter so <laughs> it was the biggest thing so it was the you know the 90s and I just remember either going out and putting glitter on my decolletage or if I was feeling particularly adventurous which often I was I would do a full glitter eye and it was, it was really hard to stick on because I'm sure the formulations weren't as good as they are now and they would kind of get in my eyelashes. So I'd just all night I'd have these little holographic <laughs> glitter balls coming <laughs> around my eyes. Um, and then sometimes I remember one particular night I actually did this part, like a zigzag part in the middle of my hair and I put glitter like all the way through this zigzag part. I, it was just so much fun working at Girlfriend and picking up ideas from all these amazing makeup artists that I worked with.
1: And that sounds like a kind of hairstyle that we'd see kind of the festival beauty now. So you're exactly. doing it way, exactly. way Exactly, yes. <laughs> After Girlfriend, I mean, your your resume in terms of the magazines that you work at, read like you know the legendary Australian magazines as girlfriend and then you went to Cosmo where you're also features editor and then deputy editor um obviously that's an iconic brand that's now uh, closed down a few years ago what do you think was the power and the ongoing importance of women's magazines because obviously there's usually kind of a derision from generally men that it's kind of just fluff but it's what's forgotten or what's not appreciated is just how much it represents kind of the culture of the time, what women are talking about and how much it can help women in from beauty to politics to everything.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we had uh, so many important stories at Cosmo, especially, you know, there were really lots of serious stories and I was features editor. So that was my job to get those stories. And I did, you know, everything from, you know, stories about eating disorders, of course, because it was uh, a, a women's magazine. But then, you know, postnatal depression, things on everything that would touch it would touch your lives. So at Cleo and Cosmo, that was a big thing. And and I remember doing stories, particularly at Cleo, on mental illness. And it was when I first realised that it was such a big thing and it really touched everybody because we would do a story on mental illness and – just get a huge response literally you know so like way more letters you know emails from people than we'd got for any other story so you know it was really important to to do those stories and to speak to that generation in a way that they were comfortable with and that they could relate to and that they could learn something from and and really help them in that way and it's that legacy as well like
1: I actually um collect like women's magazines from the 40s 50s 60s I bought I found a 70s Clio um (laughs) last week I think and it was uh, it's got day med average on the cover and a a special article on cervical cancer and this is in the early 70s so
0: yeah it's always had that history
1: can't be underestimated so being a beauty editor and an editor as you were at Clio what are kind of the, the best parts and the worst parts of such a important and Role
0: with so much responsibility. Yeah well the best parts were probably the team that I got to work with it was we just had so much fun and again just made lifelong friendships and that was really amazing having a, a group of women who are all creative and who really wanted to be in those jobs um, you know all working together to create a product that everyone was proud of so that was really great and then also you know all of the fun parties that we used to go to <laughs> we did Cleo Bachelor it was it was a really fun happy awesome time and I guess the worst parts were just you know just usual work stuff so working late Working really hard, working weekends—you you, know—it's as with any job that that can get to you. So there was a lot of pressure, and and it was it was hard work. It was it was really hard, you know, not leaving the office till eight o'clock every night, that kind of thing. Do you ever miss it? Um, I miss that era of magazines. I don't miss. Oh, I wouldn't want to work in a magazine now, but I do miss that era of magazines when every everything, you know, it was like the golden era. It was it was just awesome. Yeah.
1: Tell me about the third product on your list.
0: Nas tahitian body oil my friend and i who my friend was also a beauty editor and we would slather this body oil on us before we went out it was a bronzing body oil i don't even know if they still do it um and it was coconut oil and so and it was bronzing and so first of all you'd smell like coconut so it was no point in wearing perfume (laughs) and then you would rub up against, you know, let's say you lint against a wall or something and it would just be bronze on the wall. (laughs) It was pretty, oh yeah, back in the day. uh, It was pretty funny, but we loved it. Like, you know, I just loved the whole feeling of summer and oil. And and that's really inspired me to create some of the recreation body oils, Uh, uh, ones that don't smear on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So obviously, yes, you are the
1: founder of Recreation Beauty, an Aussie-owned all-natural fragrance house, which officially launched a few a few weeks ago earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about where the idea for it came from?
0: So about nine or 10 years ago, something like that, I was trying to get pregnant and I struggled to get pregnant. So it t- ended up taking me about two years, a bit over two years to get pregnant. And one of the first things, so, you know, obviously as soon as you can't get pregnant, you start researching, you're like, what's wrong and what do I do and etc. And And I'm a real kind of natural person. So I was like, what are these natural therapies that I can do? And yeah, one of the first things you read is that you should ditch all chemicals in your beauty products. And I hadn't even thought about this before. I had, it hadn't even crossed my mind that there were chemicals in beauty products that could be bad for you. And I was a magazine and I'd had you know cupboards full of product but once you start researching and once you start learning this stuff about what's actually in them you can't unlearn that and I just ended up having to give everything away and starting fresh with all naturally naturally sourced products but the one thing I couldn't swap out was fragrance because it was so long ago uh, there was no decent natural fragrance on the market and so I kept my old perfumes and would we'll just spray them in my hair and on my clothes so that they wouldn't get on my skin. And that just got really tiresome and, and or it's not a very nice thing to do. You're spraying something in your hair that shouldn't be in there and on your clothes, you're like, is this gonna stain my clothes? It's it's not nice. It's and it takes away all of that nice ritual of Of putting fragrance on which is one of the whole reasons that you put fragrance on to feel good so that kind of planted the seed but I didn't really do anything about it until many years later when I just decided to start researching it and and see how I got and of course you know by the time that that had happened there were other natural products on the market but there was nothing in a premium luxury bottle which is what where I wanted to enter
1: and I think that's really interesting as well because as you said it's only really in the last year two years that natural products aren't you know like in green packaging or Mm. brown recycling that they have tapped into kind of The marketing and the look and the feel, which is a big part of how we choose beauty products and part of the fun as well. Exactly. What was the point where you started or you decided that, right, I'm going to turn this into a business or I'm going to take the leap and, and do it?
0: I was working at Fairfax. I was the editor of Good Food and I just started thinking to myself, you know, I could sit here doing... I, I don't know I was just I just got over it I just got over you know kind of being in a big job and and working really really hard and for someone else and I just thought I just if I'm gonna do that I'd rather do it for myself and so I just and I'd always wanted to do this so I just thought I'd give it a go I imagine it wasn't all smooth sailing in
1: terms definitely of not <laughs> as starting a business, there was no is. smooth there was nothing smooth about it <laughs> so were there any kind of major obstacles along the way to get to this point I mean I'm looking at these beautiful bottles of yes
0: you're looking at blood sweat and tears (laughs) there was it it was really hard um it was a lot harder than I expected it to be yeah so different points along the way one of the things for example the company started making my lid out of plastic and I was like this is supposed to be aluminium it's not supposed to be plastic and so we had to redo everything so there was just setback after setback Uh, you know that's just one example but yeah lots of different things happened I didn't think it would take a full 2 years to get from, you know, conception to launch, but that's how long it took. Yeah, because just so many things go wrong all
1: the time. <laughs> and were there many iterations or versions of the sense before you got to the final?
0: Many. Kind of yes, yes. Definitely there was lots of back and forth, lots of toing and froing. The one that we probably nailed the quickest was Stardust, the Woody. It's a, it's a really nice, soft, peachy Woody that was, that was uh, not the problem child. And which one is your favourite, if you had to pick? I like them all at different times. I'm such a Gemini like that. I like wearing different things at different moments to suit my mood, which is why I've created a few.
1: What would you kind of say the biggest lesson from that kind of two years getting to this point is
0: uh, there's a few but probably one of the things I did this time around because I've actually had my own business before and the last time I had my own business I wasn't properly set up for it and kind of just started and just launched myself into this business which worked funnily enough but that's because you know it was the beginning of the internet and I was lucky enough to ride that wave um But this time around, I really wanted to be established and and really do things properly. So I didn't want to have to have, uh, you know, the thought of money hanging over my head. So I made sure I was set up freelance wise. So I got set up freelance wise. I got a few regular freelance gigs so that I wouldn't have to worry about an income while I was doing this because I I thought it would take a year. I didn't think it would take two, but I mean, I'm so lucky I did that because it did end up taking two. Um, And it also allowed me to say no to things. So for example, when the lid thing happened, I'm sure if at some point I may have just gone, oh, I'll just go with plastic lids for the first run. But I was like, no, we're doing this properly. We need to go back and, and do everything correctly. And I think that gave me the financial freedom to be able to do that. I think that was quite important because otherwise, I'm sure I would have found myself cutting corners but this time I was like no there's no cutting corners this is you know we're doing this properly and we're doing it properly first time round."
1: tell me about the fifth product
0: on your list MAC lip gloss which is a lip gloss and it's on my list because every time I used to wear it people would say to me have you had your lips done <laughs> and so I was yeah I used to wear it often <laughs> easier than doing it with needles
1: yeah, yeah. So obviously your background is as a journalist and editor. How does it kind of, well, literally for now, I'm the one interviewing you. How does it feel Mm. to be kind of on the other side? And do you think your experience as a journalist and particularly as a beauty editor has really helped you? in the role as a beauty
0: brand founder? Yes, I think definitely. I mean, you know, I think, yeah, it's helped in the development of the products, first of all. So, you know, with the smells and the fragrances, I knew what I wanted and, and what I could pick. Um, and then with the visuals of the branding and the products, um, there was all the visuals, you know, the, the visual experience that I had doing magazines and, and editing a magazine. So I think they definitely came into play. It was a big part. The whole thing that kind of sparked Recreation
1: Beauty is having children. You have two daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of change your relationship with beauty and how you approach it in terms of showing uh, kind of everything for natural beauty products. Did it change anything else in terms of your attitude towards anything else in
0: life? Yes. So, uh, well, just with household products, etc. So I use, you know, all natural household products, except sometimes bleach <laughs> in the bathroom. But that's it. And, you know, with diet and and exercise and natural health and all that kind of thing, I'm um, definitely much more uh, in tune with what goes on with my body and what is happening and I learn to recognise things and pick them up as I go rather than let it become a problem. Um, Yeah, I think my whole attitude has changed. I'm I'm much more open and, and, you know, my job has also helped that as well because I was a health editor at Fairfax as well. So... um, I was able to do all of that research and speak to so many people who helped shape that those thoughts and those views. Had Mm -hmm. a scroll
1: through your Instagram before I met you today and I noticed there's a few other things that you seem to be quite passionate about. Um, Interior design seems to be one. You share a lot of house inspo and home inspo and seeing your actual house I can understand why.
0: It's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. We actually renovated a few years ago so it's a big yeah it was a big passion of mine. I love it so is that something you enjoy like the project of oh I loved it? it I honestly I, I that was a second on my list if recreation didn't work out I was going to do interior design yeah
1: um and also art and food because as you mentioned you were the national Fish. editor of good food yeah um so is that something
0: you enjoy and is it the eating side or do you also enjoy cooking as well? I enjoy both obviously so the eating side and the cooking side Um, and good food was really great fun because that was lots of restaurants and lots of going out but then it also had the um, recipes side as well which is probably more my passion.
1: Like what would your ideal Sunday kind of be if you were To combine all those passions, like what would be involved
0: in your Um, dreams? I'm also a beach person, so definitely beach and a swim with the girls. Oh, a lovely lunch somewhere and perhaps an afternoon drink and then just a night in. I think that's
1: everyone's secret. They'd really (laughs) prefer a night in to a (laughs) night out. Um, Tell me about the next product on your list.
0: Okay, Uh, Lancome Mascara, purely because I think it was – one of those mascaras that was so kind of groundbreaking at the time, and it really it really did so much for my lashes. <laughs> and mascara in general, it's the it's the only beauty product that I use that is not natural. So I can use a natural one for daytime, um, but then, yeah, I really like having lashes out at night. so' I'll, it's the one it's the one non-natural product that I use. and natural mascaras just haven't cut it yet it is not quite there yet
1: so that's something the one the one kind of product that hasn't quite yet reached the comparable level yeah interesting so yeah you as you mentioned I think it was about nine years or so ago that you started using all natural beauty mm-hmm. products now I think we're kind of spoilt for choice but I imagine it was a bit harder then to find it was replacements. so hard
0: yeah it was it was really hard
1: can you, were there any specific brands or products that you can remember that were around at that time that you? Were uh, using?
0: I started with Inica. Yeah. And that's still around and I still use it. <laughs> that's still my foundation. Yeah, that was, that's one that's really hung around. What else did I use back then? Really look around and you really find products and, and it kind of becomes this really kind of covert secret club back then of you know, what to use and where to find things. And yeah, it was pretty cool.
1: And I feel like also there are a lot more um, good budget-friendly options as well coming out in the natural organic space because I feel like a few years ago, if you wanted to do it, it came with quite a high tag as well have
0: you found that yes i have and you know what natural products are more expensive to produce so the natural fragrances are almost three times more expensive than a synthetic fragrance to produce so that's why the prices are higher but hopefully that will come down and hopefully everyone will be using natural products because i just think that i don't even think that there should be a difference or a differentiation between natural products and other products on the market i just think everything should be natural and and hopefully that will happen you know eventually when the prices when when the cost comes down to to manufacture
1: what would be your your best tip for people who do want to make the transition towards natural beauty products?
0: Start with things that you use on your skin. So, you know, like one of the first things I changed was my body lotion because I was like, oh my God, I'm putting this all over my body every single day and I just... You're just slathering this stuff everywhere. And I just used to use so much. So, you know, products that you you use a lot of on your skin, I would swap out first. And I used to have these rules where I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I can use... I have to use natural shampoo because that's on my scalp but conditioner can be anything because your hair's dead it doesn't matter what you put on it (laughs) um and yeah I just had funny rules like that so you know you can always it it can't be 100% and I used to be 100% really knocky about it and and really anal about it but um You know, I think you need to have a bit of leeway. And we're coming to your final two products,
1: I think. Can you tell me about the next one?
0: Nail polish. So just any nail polish because I used to just sit on the couch and this is like, you know, from, I don't know how old I was, 10 Eleven, and honestly, I would cha- I would paint my nails every single night at home. And
1: so, is this I, like redoing it a different color? yes? Yeah,
0: different yeah. color every night. I am an expert nail painter. If you ever want your nails done,
1: <laughs> <laughs> even on your non-dominant hand, you can do it. Yeah,
0: like, I can do it absolutely perfectly because I've been doing it since I was ten. So, nail <laughs> polish was very important.
1: Yeah, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about kind of that discovery of how many things we're putting on our body and how many chemicals and things like that. Because I read The Case Against Fragrance.
0: Yeah, I've read that too.
1: Which I which blew my mind. Yes. Doesn't it? If you love beauty, it's kind of a hard book to read. It is,
0: it is. And that's well that's how I felt. I just was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I just didn't even know. And also because you mentioned the household products as
1: well, I found it really interesting. One of the things she talks about in the book it's about how the smells that we've come to associate with clean, well, they're all fake anyway, yeah. and that's not even what clean <laughs> smells like. So, you know, fresh pine and lemon and all of those things. So, yeah, can you tell me more about that kind of, that moment or that re- research of discovery?
0: So, I I didn't discover her book back then, because it wasn't out yet, but um, I discovered the Environmental Working Group, which is ewd.org. It's uh, an American website, and you basically type in a product, and it would, it will rate it for you. And it goes through all of the ingredients and it rates all of the ingredients out of 10 as to how toxic they are. And it does that by, you know, so it pulls up the studies so you can read all of the studies on these individual ingredients and it tells you exactly what is in your products and it is horrifying like it's it's really awful so that's how I first found out about it and it was really really shocking
1: (laughs) I think it is great to see I feel like the even the average beauty consumer now is a lot more aware about ingredients and that's probably what's pushing this kind of big demand for natural products. And
0: and people are smarter now. You know, there's the internet. People can do their own research and they can learn. And I never forget one big company said to me when I was an editor was like oh, no, we're not going to put that on the packaging. We don't want to educate the consumer. And I was just like, what? <laughs> so, you know, you, you really have to be aware and you really have to do your own research and you have to find out what's what you're putting on yourself. And and it's ingredients that have been around since the 50s. And why are we still using it? It's 2019. Why are we still using ingredients that were used in 1950? I just, it's so archaic. Why, you know, it's technology and science have come a long way and there are newer, better, better for you ingredients to use
1: and in terms of the fragrances from recreation beauty for someone who kind of doesn't really know what the difference is what what are kind of the main differences in terms of the ingredients and what's what's actually in the scent from your natural fragrances compared to the fragrances that you'd get at David Jones or Maya?
0: Yeah, so a regular fragrance can have up to 3,000 chemicals in it and that can be classed as parfum. So recreation beauty fragrances are basically essential oils and flower extracts and there's a few natural preservatives, natural linalool and some natural aroma isolates, but that's it. So you're not getting up to 3,000 chemicals on your skin. And
1: I think that's a really important point because I think – Again, I read it in the case against fragrance, but there is no regulations or anything that says that, that you have to include the ingredients in the perfume on the perfume bottle. It's a they se- can just put that overarching perfume and that's, that's exactly. what's
0: in it. It's a self-regulated industry and we have had to put that on our packaging. We've had to put perfume because that is what they tell you. We That's what you have to do. But all of our ingredients are on our website.
1: Great to hear. And what are your plans for Recreation Beauty? I know it's obviously very, it's only been a few weeks, so it's very much early days, but what, what do you what do you hope to build it to? At least in the next year.
0: Well, we've got a new fragrance launching. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, For people who can't see it's in like a a plastic yeah. or
0: like a scientific tube with some numbers some numbers on it. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> so that's launching in the next few weeks, actually. That'll be out just before Mother's Day. So that's good. And then we've got another fragrance in the pipeline and then another product as well that we'll hopefully launch before the end of the year.
1: Because at the moment, is it just fragrance or do you like it's
0: fragrances and body oils? It's body and hair oils as well. So it's a beautiful, they're all organic oils and it's got the three fragrances, and then we've got the three matching body and hair oils. So you can actually layer your scent, which is such a nice thing to do. And I find body oil in the morning just the most luxurious, lovely thing to apply I just you know and to have it in a nice fragrance because that's what I thought was lacking as well the there were a few body oils out there but they're not in a luxury product and they're not you know matching your fragrance either so this is matching your fragrance and you can layer those together which is lovely um and then we have 10 mil perfume oils which are the roll-ons and then 10 mil travel sprays as well
1: I love perfume roll-ons they're great for travel and things like that. exactly in your bag Yeah. Um, And tell me about the final product on your list.
0: Probably my MAC green eyeliner that I used to use quite often. I think a makeup artist put me onto it and she showed me this really cool way of applying it underneath my eyes that I just loved and I would wear it so often. So it's one of those, it's kind of like a festival party look and I just, yeah, I used to love it.
1: And is this pencil liquid? A
0: pencil, yeah, but really like a vibrant emerald green. (laughs) Love it. Now,
1: if you had to pick just one of the eight products from your list to take with you to Beauty Island, I'm going to give you sunscreen and everything, thats Thanks. survival kit, <laughs> so you'll be okay. But kind of one product to kind of keep you company on Beauty Island, which one would you pick? To be honest,
0: I don't really use many of those things anymore because they're not natural.
1: Um, <laughs> you, or you can pick one of your own products that Thanks. you've spoken about. Can I? <laughs> so which one I'll would I'll take
0: you the pick? body oil. Yeah. Especially on a deserted island because your skin would be so dry. And that body oil is just so rich and it's a hair oil. So perfect. Very practical.
1: Now to finish us off, I'm just going to do kind of a quick fire round of your current favourite products that you use. Sure. And obviously, as you mentioned, you use all natural beauty products. So your favourite foundation or face
0: product? Inica Mineral Makeup.
1: And why do you like that one so much?
0: It's the right colour which is so hard to find. I used to have to mix lots of different colors together and it lasts. So I find it, you know, it's a good stayer. They've got a Kabuki brush that I use. I just apply it with that. Yep. You have mentioned it before, but I'll get you to talk a
1: bit more about it. Your favorite mascara.
0: My favorite mascara. So, well, to be honest, I'm not loyal to Lancome anymore. Apologies. <laughs> I'm sure they're taking
1: it very personally. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh gosh favorite mascara at the moment i'm using a modelco one it's pretty good but more often than not i buy maybelline
1: sometimes you can't beat a drugstore mascara yeah,
0: yeah do you have a particular maybelline i think it's the it's the um the falsies go big go yeah. home <laughs> <laughs> and your favorite lip product lana lips It is my absolute favourite. I'm such a big lip balm person and I used to be such a big pawpaw person until I realised what was in it. So I've bought organic pawpaw before, but it's not as good as Lani Lips. No.
1: And is that the original or Whichever one. I've got
0: tinted ones. I've got them all over the house. They're in the car. They're just everywhere.
1: (laughs) And in terms of your kind of morning and night routine, are you a very much like, do you enjoy doing multi multi multi-step routine or are you very much as little as I can do for the best results yeah
0: I'm a parent I'm a mom I've got to get out of the house so quickly so no unfortunately I wish I had more time but I don't so um, I'm a very simple cleanse cleanse serum and and moisturizer and out I'm using a a Zekin cleanser it's Z-K-I-N and they're exfoliated actually it's really good
1: and finally, hair products.
0: So my shampoo and conditioner is Aveda and I just find that that works for me and every time I try and change it, it doesn't, my hair doesn't like it. So I just stick to that. It's Aveda shampoo I use. And then all I do is I put the recreation body and hair oil into the ends of my hair and I have to blow dry my hair straight and so I blow dry it straight with that oil in it. And then once I'm done, if I need any more sheen, I get a tiny bit more oil and pop it in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and
0: are you like are there any kind
1: of professional treatments and things you enjoy or do you very much is it at home?
0: Uh, well I do keratin, so I do for my hair. Do you have natural curly hair? Yes. Yep. So I do organic keratin, you know, I don't know, once a quarter maybe. I go to Zeka Cosmetical, which is in Alexandria. And they've got a really fantastic, uh, it's called a Quattro treatment. So if I'm feeling like I really need some serious help in the skin department, <laughs> that is the thing that's going to lift you up. It's like a four different treatments. One is the Omnilux, but there's two different kinds of lasers and I can't remember which they are, but they only take like five minutes each. And then a mask as well and
1: I'm interested in the keratin treatments because I also have i have got a blow dry in the minute but I also have naturally very curly hair yes fun isn't it some (laughs) days it's great other days I wish for anything but yeah um so how long have you been doing the keratin treatments So, do you ever leave your hair so long
0: yeah I used to get it chemically straightened which just was awful for my hair um and then my hairdresser finally convinced me to go keratin and then I went you know organic keratin (laughs) Um yeah, it's just so much easier for me and if I have to blow dry it's like five minutes and it's just much, much easier.
1: Nadal, thank you so much. It's been so lovely to speak oh, to thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beauty Island. If you like the sound of any products Nadal mentioned from her list, or you fancy having a look at Recreation Beauty, you can find all the details and links in the show notes of this episode. I have been using my Recreation Beauty perfume that Nadal very kindly gifted me after I smelt them during our interview, and they are fab. I've never used natural perfume before, but I was, I was, I am, so impressed with the staying power. It genuinely lasted me all day. There's some gorgeous scents to choose from, and trust me, the new one coming out in a few weeks is killer, but the one I have is Sunkissed. It's a gorgeous citrusy fresh scent with notes of jasmine, fig, pear, sandalwood and musk which I'm actually not normally a fan of but it's great in this combination. And as she mentioned you can find a full list of ingredients in every single perfume on the website. I've also popped a link to Kate Grimble's amazing book The Case Against Fragrance in the show notes too which we talk about. Uh, It is an eye-opening read to say the least finally if you enjoy the podcast please rate five stars and leave a written review those things really help other beauty lovers find us and if you fancy chatting more beauty you can find me on instagram at beauty island podcast thank you and until next time bye bye